for you to hear God's lead, which is available 24-7 to every child of God, you must submit yourself to the scriptures of God. If God cannot guide you through your pastor, he will not come to guide you by himself. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Because there was something in the house of the Lord that sustains the throne of David in his palace. The house of the Lord at that time was smaller than the palace. At that time, the house of the Lord was a tabernacle, basically a tent. David was living in a plush, actually a story building. Yet he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Because he knew that the height of his palace was sustained by the little thing that was inside the ark. It doesn't matter what you got out there. If the word of God is not sustaining you, you are not secured. The kind of gladness David had, it was with excitement whenever it was talked about, it's time to go to the house of the Lord. I was amazed when I found out that David took time out of every day of his life to praise and worship God five times every day. As busy as his shadow was, he was king. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Listen, if you understand the value of being in God's house, just be in here alone. Hey! <laughs> The devil wanted to steal that from us, but he could never. I'll be sharing with you a continuation of the series that I began last week. Today, I'll be sharing with you how to be led of the Spirit of God. A lot of people wonder, is their desire, they want to be led of the Spirit of God. They want to know what to do in situations, in circumstances, they want to know what to do. Sometimes they even pray and they try to listen, but it looks like they don't hear nothing. They want to know what to do, how to make a choice between this or that, but they don't seem to understand what to do. Some situations, some circumstances are really challenging, and it poses a puzzle, and they would really love to have a solution, but that solution doesn't seem to be forthcoming. Why? Is God not concerned about the issues of our lives, or does he not speak at all? If there's anyone that is a parent here, you would agree with me that you love to speak to your child more than your child even wants to hear you. Am I correct? Especially if they are teenagers. At that age, they want to be out there playing with their mates, their friends. You know what I'm talking about? 
and even before the teenage, sometimes they probably want to spend more time just playing on their device. You want to share some things with them, they are listening. Just say, say it quick, I'm hearing. And by the time you ask them what you have said, uh, they didn't really hear you because their mind was in that device. Are you following what I'm talking about? Listen, brothers and sisters, God is more interested in talking to you than you are interested in hearing him. So if anyone that is a Christian is not hearing him, it's not because God is not speaking. It's not because God is not willing to speak. It's just because you are possibly too busy to hear him or your mind is possibly not trained to hear him. One of the things that you must have understood if you have been listening to me for a while is that God is a spirit. Jesus said, so he said, God is a spirit. And if God is a spirit, it means he's not ordinary. Now, a few weeks ago, I explained what it means to be a spirit. A spirit does not simply mean the person you don't see. Or the person that does not have a form, a physique. Or a person that you can't touch. That one is a ghost. I explained that a spirit is a person that operates at dimensions that are beyond the ordinary. God could be seen because Moses saw him. Abraham ate with him, cooked for him, and they had lunch together. So God could be seen. The Bible described how he hid Moses in the cleft of the rock and covered Moses' eyes with his hand. Which means God has a hand. If that hand was like the hand of a ghost, then you can see through it. It's not real. But he covered Moses' eyes with his hand, so that hand was real. And then God moved past because he didn't want Moses to see him from the front. Which means God's got a front side. He's got a face. He wouldn't want Moses to see him from the front side. So he covered his eyes with his hand. And God moved past. Which means God moves. Come on. It's not a gas that does feel everywhere like that. You know, God is everywhere. No. He's a person. He covered Moses' eyes with his hand. And he moved past. And removed hand from his eyes and let Moses see him from behind. Which means God's got behind. So God is a person. He could be seen. He has a form, physique, shape, hand, legs. And the, interestingly, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, that God actually created man in his own image and after his likeness. Philip asked Jesus, just show us the Father, it will be okay for us. He said, Philip, have you guys been with me for these three years and you have not known me? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Now, a lot of times when Jesus talked about the Father, he's referring to either the Father in heaven or the Father that lives in him. Now, the father that lives in him was actually the one that gave birth to him because he's called the technon of God. He was born by the Holy Spirit. You're familiar with the story how the angel came to this virgin girl and said to her, you're going to carry a baby in your womb. And this child that shall be born of you is going to be the Messiah of the world. His name shall be called Jesus. He said, but I don't have no husband. He said, forget about that. That's not what you need. All you need is the word of God. Genesis chapter 12 from verse number 1. The Bible says, Now 
the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto the land that I will show thee. Get thee out of thy kindred, from thy father's house, from everywhere and everything that you have belonged to all your life. And get thee out to a country that I will show you to a land that I will show thee. He has not shown him any land. But get thee out of this place first. And I will show you a land. In other words, just get out of here. And begin to parambulate. As a matter of fact, Abraham became known as the Hebrew. You know the meaning of Hebrew? Parambulator. He says, get out of this country. Out of this comfort zone. Where everything seemed to be okay for you. Abraham got a lot of things already. He was not suffering. He was not poor. He says, get out of here and go to the land that I will show you. He has not shown him any land. But get out of where you are to the land that I will show you. And Abraham got out and began to move to a place he never knew. Verse 2. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Brothers and sisters, if you want to enter into greatness in life, if you want to step into eternal kind of blessings, you need to have the leading of the Spirit of God. Everybody is studying this, but the Spirit of God said to you, study that. But everybody is studying this, and they say there is more money in this. You say to your friends, I want to study this. They say, are you mad? Did you see anybody who is studying that kind of thing and is making money in this country? Didn't you see social work? Didn't you see... These are what is paying in this country. Be smart. Are you following what I'm talking about? But if the Spirit of God is leading you in a certain direction, that is the direction that you ought to go. Abraham left the comfort zone where everything was working and in shape for him. And he began to journey to a place he never knew before. But there was a word from God. He had heard inside him. So as he was going, he was being led of the Spirit of God. He said, to the place that I will show you. Not the place that you will think out yourself. The place that I will show you. Brothers and sisters, the greatness of your life does not depend on how smart you are. It does not depend on the kind of friends that is around you. It depends on what God will say to you on the inside. Next verse, 3. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. By the time you understand how to be led of the Spirit of God, you have begun to walk into the realm of greatness that is not measurable. The kind of blessing God was talking about for Abraham, I am confident that Abraham could not fathom the whole of it. Because if you listen to Abraham's discussion with God, he was discussing to the realm of the understanding that he had of the promises of God. 
the promises of God up and the blessings of God upon Abraham was two-dimensional. There were two dimensions to it. There was one part that his children, his biological children, were going to enjoy forever on the earth. He said, I will bless you and your seed. He said, this blessing, he says, you and your seed. The blessing was upon him and his seed. Now, that seed, we found that in Galatians chapter 3, verse 16, that that seed was not the biological children of Abraham. It was Christ that was to be born later on from the genealogies of Abraham. So God was placing a blessing on Abraham, but he was blessing him because of the seed that was put into him. Now, the biological children of Abraham, I don't need to tell you, they are blessed today. Israel occupies a small portion of the world, very small land. But yet, the whole of the global politics revolved around just the little Israel. But the blessing God was talking about, give that to us again. Verse number three. The blessings that God was pronouncing on Abraham was even farther than the blessing that we can see that is upon the physical Israel today. He says, and I will bless them that bless thee. In other words, I'm going to put such an eternal blessing upon you that anyone that blesses you, blessings will come upon him. Listen, brothers and sisters, as a Christian, anyone that speaks good of you, good will be coming to his life. He says, and I will curse him that curseth thee. Do you know what that means? Anyone that speaks wrong, it's not because of F language, or, you know what I'm talking about? That's not what he's talking about. Anyone that speaks wrong of you, whether at work, at home, in business, wherever it is, anyone that speaks error concerning you, God says, I pronounce error automatically on his life. That's the reason Christians don't even have to bother to be praying against those who are talking against them. Those who are you don't need that because God has already spoken against such persons. All you need to do is celebrate the blessings of God, the blessings of Abraham. I celebrate the blessings of God upon the seed of Abraham because I am the seed of Abraham. That's what the Bible said in Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. In verse 16, he says that, that that seed of Abraham is Christ. And then he says in verse 29, If ye are Christ, then are ye the seed of Abraham. So all the blessings that was pronounced on Abraham, it was actually being pronounced on the seed of Abraham, which is who? You and me. How could Abraham walk into such great and eternal blessings? That could not be measured forever. Till today, we are still discovering the blessings of Abraham. We are still discovering it. We have not fully understood it yet. Are you following what I'm talking about? When Jesus came, he spoke about the blessings of Abraham. He healed the woman that was bent over for 18 years. And they say, why would you do this on the Sabbath day? He says, this woman is the daughter of Abraham. How could the daughter of Abraham be bound all these years and you are looking at the Sabbath day? Put away the law and let's deliver the seed of Abraham first. In other words, everything is suspended when it is about you. When Apostle Paul came, he began to expound further 
on the blessings of Abraham. The blessings that is upon the seed of Abraham. He says, you know what? The whole creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of Abraham. God has designed that through the seed of Abraham, the whole of his creation are going to be brought into the liberty of the sons of God. Still expanding on the blessings that was pronounced on Abraham. That was the blessing Abraham walked into just following the lead of the Spirit of God. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. If you will let your heart be guided by the Spirit of God, you are always walking in the direction of eternal and immeasurable blessings. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. What does it mean to be sons of God? They are the matured representatives of God. They are where you see God. When you see them, you see God. That was what Jesus said. He said, have you been with me all this while and you don't know me? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Because everything that I see my Father do, they are what I do. The words that I speak, they are the words that I've heard my Father say. I speak the words that I speak, they are what I've heard my Father say. I speak according to his word, according to his command. And what it means when he said according to his command, it means according to his leading. So the words that Jesus spake, the things that he did, he did them as he has seen his father do. Then he says in this scripture, he says, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. When the spirit of God begins to guide you, when the spirit of God begins to tell you what to say, when the Spirit of God begins to give you an idea of when to just be quiet. When the Spirit of God begins to tell you now, say something. When the Spirit of God begins to tell you, join that train. When the Spirit of God begins to tell you, speak to that person. Give that person that rhapsody. When the Spirit of God begins to tell you, no, it's time to pray. When the Spirit of God tells you, it's time to go to church. When the Spirit of God begins to tell you, it's time to... When you begin to listen to God's Spirit that way, He says, that is the sign of the sons of God. The day you became a Christian, you automatically was born a child of God. In John chapter 1 verse 12, he says, For as many as believed him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Now the word that was translated power there has many synonyms. One of the synonyms of that word is the right. For as many as believed him, to them gave he the right. The automatic ability, the automatic right. I'll give you an illustration. The day I gave birth to my son, Sean, he automatically picked up the name Osagai. Are you following what I'm talking about? I didn't have to confer it on him. Okay, today I confer to you, you will not become Osagai. Are you following what I'm talking about? So in, 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 in the real sense, when they say, what's your first name? Your first name is the name that you inherited the day you were born from your father. You follow what I'm talking about? Even though they call that last name because they don't know what they're talking about. That was your real first name. The day you were born, everybody knows that's your name anyway. Are you following me? Before they now named another name on you after some days or something like that. Come on, are you with me? There was no ceremony. The day I just gave birth to him, mom, he took that name. He didn't have to ask for it. He's his already automatic. 
I didn't have to like it. It's just his. It's the same thing. The day you became a Christian, God didn't have to think about it. You automatically was born into the rightful sonship of God. You were just, you just appeared that way. Jesus was talking to the Jews in Matthew chapter 13. He was talking to the Jews. He was always talking to them in parables, telling them things in parables. The kingdom of heaven is like this. The kingdom of heaven is like that. The kingdom of this is like that. The, everything in parables. So his disciples, they would ask him when they come out and say, what's the meaning of this parable? One of them asked, he said, why do you always teach the people in parables? They don't understand you. He said, that's the point. <laughs> that is the point. They don't have to understand. It says, but to you is given to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. When you are a child of God, it is given to you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Now, of course, the disciples didn't understand because they still asked him some of the questions. Now, what, what does this parable mean? He would explain to them, read Matthew chapter 13. He would explain to them, okay, this parable means like this. This one means like this. Are you following what I'm talking about? So, you are born into God's kingdom as a technon of God, as a child of God. It's your right automatically to be led of the Spirit of God. Are you following what I'm explaining to you? It's one of your rights. You don't need to pray for God, please lead me, be leading me every day. No, you don't need to pray for God to lead you by His Spirit. It is your right already to be led of the Spirit of God. Jesus was asked by Pali, are you a king? They accuse you that you said you are the king of the Jews. Are you a king? He said, for that purpose was I born. Ah. He said then, you say that you are a king. He said, you have said it with your own mouth. Are you the son of God? He said, I have told you these things before. You didn't believe me. If I say it again, are you going to believe? Now, there was a day the Jews came to Jesus and said, it's enough. All the miracles we have seen you do, they are not ordinary. Why can't you just tell us plainly, are you the son of God? Are you, are you guys following this? Don't, the miracles, they are outstanding. These things could not be done by an ordinary person. But instead of talking to the left, talking to the right, my father who sent me, but this, just tell us plainly. We, just tell us. Are you truly the son of God, the Messiah that you just tell us? Are you following what I'm explaining? They wanted him to say, but they have not believed the other things he has said before. Come on. If God will lead you by his spirit, point to point, the way he was leading Moses, the way he led Abraham, the way he led Jesus and Jesus testified, there are certain things that you must do. Very simple. Number one. You must be humble enough to do whatever he says to do. If God tells you, A, repeat A after me. You see, she has repeated A after me now. Say B. If God tells you, say A, and you keep quiet, and you didn't say nothing. I say, say A, you keep quiet. He will not say, say B. Are you following what I'm talking about? You need to be humble enough to 
listen and follow what he says. If he tells you one thing and that you don't like that, he will not tell you the next thing. Even if you might like the next thing, he's not going to tell you anyway. Are you following what I'm talking about? Before Jesus, now if you study Genesis chapter 12 that we're talking about, God said to Abraham, leave all this place where you are, go to the land that I will show you. He only heard God's word. He didn't see God. He left and packed everything that he had and journeyed to Cana until he got to Cana. He has not seen God. Just following the lead, just following the word of God that came to him, he got to Cana. It was when he got to Cana that God appeared to him for the first time. This man has left everything he ever belonged to all his life. And took the risk. The journey in those days is not the kind of journey you do these days. You can decide to pack your things together and travel to Canada now. Look, book a hotel from here. You book the hotel. You book the taxi that will pick you from the airport and take you to the hotel. You book everything and you lodge into the... You even book accommodation or a house that you will live in when you get to Canada. Are you following what I'm talking about? In those days, it was not so. When you are traveling from one town to another, you are at the risk of losing your life and everything. Are you following what I'm saying? Jesus told the parable of the guy who traveled from, Beth, from Jerusalem to, to Jericho. And he was killed on the way. He was beaten on the way. That was how journeys were in those days. Even in the days of Jesus. So you can imagine what it was in the days of Abraham. So this guy was, lose, was risking all his life. And if you study the history, you'll find that a lot of things happened on the way that could have made him lose his life and everything. So he took that risk. Not seeing anyone talking to him, but just hearing God's word. But when he arrived here, now God appeared to him for the first time and said, This land I will give to you and to your descendants after you. But until then, God didn't show up at all, not even once. In Hebrews, Jesus said, I have found out that all of the scriptures is written about me, and I have come to do your will, O God. Jesus studied the scriptures. In Matthew chapter 4 verse 4, we saw how he answered Satan when Satan was tempting him again and again. You are familiar with the story. He would say, it is written. How did he know it was written? Because he studied the Bible. He studied the scriptures to find out what was written. Are you following what I'm saying? Because he understood what was written and he was ready to do what was written. Every step of the way, this is what was said concerning me. He said, I have come to do your will, O God, because it's written of me in the volume of the book. What the scripture has said, they are all about me. And as I'm walking in the light of what the scripture says about me, I know I'm fulfilling your will. As he was humble enough, the Bible says in, in, in Philippians, he said, in chapter 2, he said, let this might be you, which was also in Christ Jesus, even though he thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But when he found himself in the form of a man, he humbled himself to death, even the death of the cross. Are you following what I'm talking about? He, when he, oh, 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 yeah, this is what I am. But I'm God. I know he's God. I'm God. We are equal. But no, listen, this is what I should do. My role now, even though I'm God, is to die for the sins of the world. And he began to walk towards <laughs> He began to walk towards it. He began to walk towards it. Peter said, no, you shall not. I said, get here beside me, Satan. He began to walk towards it. Are you following what I'm talking about? He began to walk towards it. If you will listen to those things that God has revealed to you about your life, 
There may be instructions that may not be very appealing. But if it is God's will and God's word and you will do it, then you stand the chance of hearing God speak to you live and direct. Now, when Jesus humbled himself to doing what God has said in the scriptures, God began to speak to him until when he got to the state that there was, it was a situation that nothing has been written about it in the Bible. God has to send Elias and Moses straight from heaven to come and discuss with him. Are you following what I'm saying? So you need to learn first to obey what God has said to you in the scriptures. If you will obey what God has sent to you in the scriptures, when there is an issue that is so unique that you couldn't find any scripture about it, God speaks to you one-on-one. -on -one. Are you following what I'm talking about? God, you see... Solomon Solomon did something unique everybody has been doing sacrifice according to what the scripture has said Solomon has, been, has learned to do sacrifice according to what the scripture has said but now he did something beyond the ordinary he, instead of one sacrifice of one sheep he sacrificed a thousand sheep God said this is beyond the ordinary instead of just saying my word to him I bless you my son God showed up in his room Solomon what do you want? Are you following what I'm explaining to you? You, you? When you do what the scripture says, and you go beyond the ordinary, then you begin to hear God speak to you beyond the ordinary. For you to hear God's lead, which is available 24-7 to every child of God, you must submit yourself to the scriptures of God. I'll round up with this. If God cannot guide you through your pastor, he will not come to guide you by himself. Now, it's not because I'm your pastor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, talk to me. It is just the way God does things. There was this young man somewhere that was so blessed of God. Before he was born, he was dedicated to God. Now, when he was brought to God as a little boy, God was going to talk to him. God called him Samuel. He got up. He went to Eli. He said, you called me. Here I am. He said, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. He went back. He heard God call him again. He got up. He went back to Eli. He said, you called me. He said, no, I didn't call you. Go to sleep. And he went back. Then God called him again. He went. He said, ah, Father, you called me. He said, okay, I think I know what's going on. Next time you hear the voice, you don't have to come to me. Just say, yes, Lord, the servant is hearing you. Because it's God that is talking to you. Now the question is this, is God not almighty? Come on, talk to me. God is almighty. He's the one that called him and, he, and, and the guy heard. When the guy got up to go to Eli, God could have said, Samuel, come back. I'm God who is calling you. Come back. Don't go to Eli. Could not, God not have so? Come on, talk to me. But God didn't say so. God let him go to Eli the first time. God let him go to Eli the second time. Are you following me? Because God needed to train him that I, I, I need you to be submissive to the one that I put you under. When you have successfully done that, he will direct you to me. And then I will speak my word into you. Haggai fled from Sarah, because Sarah was maltreating her.
angel of the Lord came, which is God. What are you doing here? He said, my mistress is mistreating me. That's why I fled. God didn't say, no, she's not mistreating you. And God didn't even say, I will deal with her. God didn't say any of that. He said, go back and be submissive to her. Ah, she's me. He said, that's not the issue. You go back and be submissive to her. And she went back and was submitting to her until the mistress now sent her away by herself. And then when she was sent away by herself, the Spirit of God came again and said, Now, the child that you are carrying, I will bless that child. He didn't say nothing about blessing the first time, but now that she was sent away, now he was being blessed. He said, I will bless this child. I will make of this child a great nation. Twelve tribes shall come out of this child. The same way 12 tri uh, tribes came out of Isaac, 12 tribes will come out of this child, and they will be great upon the land. 